0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Fintech Germany Award Jewelry Podcast enabled by Financial Times. I am Alexandra, your host today, and we will provide you with insights on the award, our jewelry members and latest trends in the industry. I'm sitting in Frankfurt today with Isabel Canu and she is a partner of the Green European Tech Fund. Welcome Isabel, great to have you here today. Thank you for inviting me. Isabel our listeners surely want to know something about your career and how did you end up as a partner in the Green European Tech Fund so maybe you can give us some insights about how your career developed and where you are now
1: yeah sure so um for, for the listener of the FinTech Germany award podcast, I think the in most in, in, interesting thing is that I've been for approximately 25 years in finance, uh, starting with the financing of startups and then in venture capitals and working on um, definition of products uh, for mm-hmm. the finance industry. And then uh, on the debt side and then again on the VC side. Um, half approximately half of the my time in financing uh, was the financing of of startups and venture capital mm-hmm. and the perhaps more uh, interesting thing about about this career is that i've been working now for 18 years in sustainable finance. So both in debt and equity mm-hmm. and for all types of clients from private households, SMEs, municipalities, municipal companies and startups. That's quite a long list. So yeah. you have seen a lot. Yeah, I've seen a lot. And, and it happened by chance, actually, because I, at that time I was working at the Federal Chancery. And uh, there was the idea of um, having a huge program of loans to um, promote the, the German industry or the Construction sector, mm-hmm. and the idea was to to do the renovation of buildings. And uh, the Greens were at the government at that time, and the idea was to do it to do a green renovation or the energy efficiency renovation. That was the very beginning mm-hmm. of all the programs by KfW. And what we have done at that time is that really we uh, have analyzed the way of um, assessing and measuring the small scale retail impact of these loans and then Mm -hmm. to aggregate them to the level of of the financial intermediary and then to the level of the state. So now in the last eight years, I've been working on this sustainable finance application in the field of startups and and venture. So um, uh, I've I've set up my own company on the topics of ESG um, impact and sustainability for venture capital and private equity funds. I was pushed by the new regulatory in this field, so I was doing very well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a, a team or of the team of Munich Venture Partners, which is a very experienced team in the field of clean tech, contacted me and uh, convinced me to raise with them the new fund, which is uh, the Green European Tech Fund mm-hmm. for the financing of clean tech startups, Series A,
0: Series B. Okay. And um, of course, we have some fintechs on the list and on our uh, listeners as well. What interests me then would be, what are the criteria to get into your funds? So could you maybe go a little more into details with that?
1: Yeah, so our sp- specialty is definitely not fintech i mean we are mm-hmm. investing in the in the fields where uh, the the biggest potential for uh, decarbonization uh, will be mm-hmm. so it means it's uh, a lot in uh, energy and resources in mobility uh, in infrastructure in buildings and uh, well so that's the the four biggest uh, avoidance uh, sectors for for co2 But there are, of course, a lot of sectors which are in between, you know? Mm -hmm. So in the transformation of, of our industry, which is necessary now, we also, we definitely need to finance this transformation. Mm -hmm. And that's why, um, we see a lot of uh, business models between fintech and climate tech. Mm -hmm. For instance, you have um, many software solutions to uh, support the new regulatory uh, requirements in uh, for sustainable finance uh you you uh, are certainly aware of uh, the sustainable finance disclosure regulation which um, to some
0: extent yeah, <laughs>
1: which obliges uh, every uh, financial actor to to check uh, or, or to provide information on what they are doing with their products mm-hmm. and uh in order to do that you of course need to uh, to define this and then to track uh, what, what you're doing with your with your product and this is a huge challenge because the data um, most of the time is not really available now. So that's one idea. Mm-hmm. Then the clean tech projects are very often very complex uh, finance, require very complex financing schemes. Why? Uh, because, well, they are very capital intensive and they need uh, 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 financing hardware or or, or mm-hmm. tangible assets. Uh, makes it quite complicated to to combine it with what you normally finance with venture mm-hmm. capital, which is most of the time software and very much scaling so you need uh, some time to to combine equity and debt mm-hmm. and uh, to find a way of uh, having a debt financing which is not too expensive for a small company and not mm-hmm. avoiding the, the the innovation so that's the, that are a few examples of what I have in focus and you know some of the of the business model um change I mean uh, in my last fund we had invested in Grover you probably know know no Grover. Of course, I'm a customer. So You're a customer
0: uh, of Grover. Customer. I love the company. It enables me to test new hardware, and I don't need to buy it. And um, yeah, it's it's a good business model for me as a customer. So yeah, uh, and and as it started, the first idea was
1: it's a it's a type of e-commerce business, mm-hmm. no? and then. They developed and then they they realize well not it's a, this rental business is actually a, a fintech business because it's like leasing more or less no and so you have mm-hmm. you need behind this model you need mm-hmm. to finance the hardware that yeah, they sure. they need to buy and if you go further then it's a way of Pushing a circular economy because you uh, you have the the way of of refurbishing then the the, the, the assets and used, re, yes. reuse them and and, and, and to. so mm. these sector boundaries are very blurry it 's not easy to say what it is exactly mm-hmm. and I'm fascinated by all these things that are in between and w- which require a lot of experience in different sectors mm-hmm. to make sure that you don't miss something in in developing the business model. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. And um, with all that experience that you have, is there, in your view, also a difference between such business models in Germany and other countries? So is there something maybe you have experienced, we do better than other countries or vice versa?
1: Well, that's uh, that's a tricky one. Um, I would say there is perhaps a differentiation between Europe and, and other continents. Mm-hmm and uh but within within europe perhaps some countries were like pioneers for clean tech, mm-hmm. but now the subject is everywhere yeah? okay um of course there are some some of the ecosystems are a bit more developed some others are a bit behind mm-hmm. but all over europe you you see now Uh, that, well, Germany, of course, and and let's say Austria and Switzerland too, but the Benelux and France, UK, uh, you, uh, you, we see a lot in the Nordics, a lot in the Baltics, Mm -hmm. and more and more in Italy, Spain, Portugal. So that's Mm -hmm. really interesting to see that things that were, um, something a bit out of scope of our industry is now fully in the middle. Mm -hmm. And uh, the investors who have invested, who have been investing in clean tech for years were a bit like freaks, you know, like dreamers. Mm -hmm. And now these are the cool ones. So I I think there is a huge change and I'm Mm -hmm. not sure that's the same on other continents. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of discussions also with potential LPs from other continents and they are they have the same issues. Of course, mm-hmm. the, the issue is global. So that's why uh, people get interested mm-hmm. to to these topics mm-hmm. everywhere.
0: And I was also at the Impact Festival last week, which we... I was there too. Okay. So at least we sit now here in, <laughs> in a podcast. It was interesting to see all the models and it is going from food to waste to, to buildings and... Um, Uh, Sometimes when when I uh, research about these things, um, I think, okay, why can't we do that in Germany? Um, Because, I mean, we are a big country, we are a wealthy country. Um, and sometimes it makes me sad that, that we do not these, these crazy cool like buildings, making them green, even from the outside, right? Because it's, uh, yeah, it's cooling down the cities. We have all these types of, of business models actually here. I mean, we have them
1: in Europe, mm-hmm. but we have them in Germany. And, and one, my, my colleagues of Munich Venture Partners, they were invested in Sonnen, which was the first big cleantech exit to Shell in 2019 mm-hmm. and they have proven with this exit that it's possible to make money uh, by investing in cleantech. Okay, and so we need
0: more of these success stories. And yeah, then there are now
1: many success stories and if you look at the valuations of uh, 1.5 or of Empal, then you know, okay, that's the way now to look at this. No? So things are changing and of course, they all these business models need a lot of financing. Mm-hmm. And that's why the financial engineering behind these business models is so important. And that's mm-hmm. why I, I'm very uh, interested in this sector just between the two, fintech and cleantech.
0: This is also something when we go back, to the award yeah. what i love about the award and the lists because yes it's called fintech germany award but we have as well some companies that are not particularly fintech to the core but mm-hmm. um to another extent maybe and i mean we have also companies on the list with decarbonization or um that combine decarbonization projects clean tech and blockchain so um i really love to see you on the jury as well because in clean tech i do not have any expertise
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's good that we are we have we have such a um, a mixed jury with all type of experiences yes. and uh, uh, i mean I, I cannot disclose anything about the startups on the list of this year i know
0: i just told the listeners that we are sitting yeah. for a jury meeting today but of yeah. course um they need to see it on the event when they want to know what's going on. But, yeah. Um, and last
1: year we had this uh, special award on sustainable uh-huh. finance and um, it was a very interesting business model. Uh, it was ESG Book who won, uh, yeah. which one? Uh, which uh, is a company um, working especially exactly in the field that I mentioned before to get all the data uh-huh. you need yes. behind your financial products. And we had a lot of very interesting business models on the long list. That's a good start to 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 see these companies in the
0: Fintech Germany Award. And I hope we will see more and more. We are working on it. So if um, Michael is listening afterwards in the episode, <laughs> let's talk about sustainability. And if we go back to the jewelry work, what is it that you love to be on the jury and what is driving you to be invested with so many hours? I call it always the sleepless nights because it's a very long list. Um, so why do you do that now for the second year?
1: Yeah, you know, I've been in the financial industries now for, for so many years and I was really hurt two times by, by the crisis. The internet bubble was mm-hmm. really hard. It was the very beginning of my career in VC oh. and it was quite frustrating. Okay. Then I've... um I've done other things and then after my third child I came back to work in 2009.
0: Okay. So you yeah. can imagine I know. that was my career start. Yeah. So I was in investment banking in 2009 and one of my first working days on a trading floor was great that you are here today but don't remember my name. I'm out next week and I thought oh my goodness where have I yeah. started now. But well, uh, uh,
1: like in every crisis, it's, it's, it, you always have uh, interesting things coming out of them. And, mm-hmm. and one th- big thing about the financial crisis of 2008, 2009 was that we realized our, how many problems uh, the, the business models of huge banks and, and, and mm-hmm. uh, assurance insurances have. Mm-hmm. And that's basically where all the startups have found a way of founding companies mm-hmm. to make to make it better than the, the old systems mm-hmm. you know? and now we have the same transformation not from for the financial industry but for the industry altogether mm-hmm. and yes true the reason why i do this is because now i'm not so much focused on 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 fintech in my daily job but i'm convinced that the experiences that this sector is doing are very relevant for the, the ones we mm-hmm. need for the clean tech. So that's mm-hmm. why I really like to, to see, is there something that I can learn from my daily business? So uh,
0: it's basically the, the thing that the financial sector is going back to its core business, which mm-hmm. was to get money for firms that need money to develop something. Also, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on the award um i would also like to ask you if there's someone you would not have met if it wasn't for the award
1: yeah for instance last year i mean of course all the the top jury member uh, i <laughs> you know this <laughs> better than i do but uh, beside from that last year um i uh, we had a, a special uh, award for the best foreign fintech mm-hmm. startup in germany mm-hmm. And I have done the laudatory speech, I don't know how it's, if mm-hmm. it's called like yes. this, uh, for for this company. And it was Descartes Underwriting. It's a French company mm-hmm. that ensures the risk towards uh, environmental damages and get rid of bureaucracy for the payment of the mm-hmm. damages. Mm-hmm. I was really fascinated and I, I would have never seen this business model without the FinTech Germany Award. And the thing is, Working now on my business, I see a lot of business model assessing this risk. There is a great fit between them and, and the ones I see. And uh, I have already done a connection between two founders because I found, well, they, they just need to talk together. So that's really cool. You that's know, the to... stories
0: behind the awards that yeah. we want to get across because it, it also shows that it's worth to apply as a company to the awards. Even if you don't win, you can make valuable connections. You are seen by a lot of people on the jury. We have bankers, we have VCs, we have uh, lawyers. So all these people have such a broad and different network that you don't know what's coming out of it somehow. So th- this is what I love as well about the awards. And thank you for sharing that story. Um, that's really the the stuff that we want to hear. Of course, we have talked about um some of the trends already now, but this is a question we ask everyone. So could you also please share your insights, what you currently see as particularly relevant and which topics should startups now try to solve? The, the startups
1: are somehow... Hit by the these, the actual crisis and and mm-hmm. the um, the lower availability of, of capital mm-hmm. uh, on the market, and uh, I mean it's the same story. It's very cyclical. I mean, I, as I mentioned, I've seen already the two big crises, and mm-hmm. and this is exactly the same thing. Well, and plus Corona, which at the beginning started in mm-hmm. the same way, mm-hmm. to say, well, runway is so important, uh, show profitability as soon as possible, and. The thing, the, the important learning for the founders now is to always have the possibility of changing quite quickly mm-hmm. from a growth path to another path, which means <laughs> I have more runway and I have mm-hmm. the profitability. And having this in mind all the time, basically, mm-hmm. is crucial because you never know what tomorrow will be and perhaps there will be a new crisis and mm-hmm. you were completely on the growth path and you were not uh, cautious enough uh, so mm-hmm. that's w- that's something that is so important and on the other way it can very quickly be that the funds want to see growth paths again very and then you have really to to readapt mm-hmm. to the to the needs of of the market this flexibility is some, sometimes probably difficult to understand for founders and to accept but that's the way it is uh, and and, uh, and and we have exactly the same story uh, doing our fundraising as as VC fund managers because uh the LPs want to have mm-hmm. a story that fits into their strategy and you have to adapt
0: as well. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Isn't it difficult in the in the case of clean tech as well, when you need to grow faster and you don't get people on board? Is that also a challenge?
1: I mean, I'm very aware of of the problem of, of hiring, but in our field, um, and probably it's a generation story. Mm-hmm. You find a lot of young people willing to work in this area.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Perhaps
1: it's more difficult to find experienced people. I just don't know. But uh, in the field of uh, uh, well, for
0: for juniors, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be to be a problem because they are so idealistic and want to improve something, change the world, improve the world. Idealistic, it's not probably not the right Mm -hmm. word, but they really want to do something with the
1: purpose. They Mm -hmm. want to know why they stay up and why they do this work. And uh, if they find a good meaningful uh, Mm -hmm. job, they probably prefer it compared to other things. And which strikes me uh, really very much and and which pleases me also is I get... uh, A lot of CVs from young women, very talented and with very impressive CVs uh, telling me, well, I've seen in your fund, you are uh, two women working there, uh, one partner, one principal. You do cool things. Uh, as soon as you hire people, uh, can you please consider hiring me? Okay. So, the. Without having done anything, you know? So that's. But then cool. you do
0: something right. I that's, hope that's so. <laughs> that also fascinates me because when I started in 2009 in investment banking, I mean, you are like one mm. of two women or maybe three on the whole floor. Um, which was never a problem for me, but sometimes I also see companies and then you have the, the whole board and it's not the companies with like two founders that I mean, but companies with 20, 30 people and there's no female on board that, that sometimes disturbs me too, because they are there. Right. And, um, what you just said shows if you have the role models then the females also apply even if you don't advertise it
1: yeah i mean there are so few women still in venture capital so that's why um if you are one then people seems to find you well, that's,
0: yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's the same with me so um and 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 that's um that's great to to have at least as well some female perspectives on the jury podcast as well Very valuable. Um, Okay. So I have another category um, where we have questions from the last podcast guest who is asking a question for the next one. And in our last episode, Florian wants to know from the next podcast guest, which is you, um, because he was in the U.S. for a very long time for university studies. And universities do cost a lot and all around the world education is not um, as available for everyone. So he asked the question, is university all worth it? So from your knowledge today, your experience today, would you go to university again? Would you study the same or would you do something different?
1: I think you didn't know that I would be the next guest, but <laughs> it's a it's a huge challenge. So the first thing is, uh, I'm I was born in France and I'm French, um, and I, I the question was not a real question at that time. Of course, I was a good I was good at school, mm-hmm. so I was on the track and I did um, so. But I I, I I did what was expected let's say for from from you graduate you to, go to university yeah, exactly. yeah. And, uh, and 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 the French system I was I was at, at a professional consulting agency for young people I don't know how you call it in English but I asked the, this lady what she would recommend me to do and she mm-hmm. said well um you are interested in languages become a diplomat told said, Oh, that's,
0: you told me uh, the
1: same. <laughs> I said, well, that's a good idea. What should I do? And she said, well, you know, you have to do this, uh, class preparatoire for, and then you go to Sciences Po and then you will, you will see. Then you go to the, to the, into the diplomatic corps. So I, I did the first steps. I studied this at Sciences Po in Paris and Paris. And, um, I had uh, two majors, which were, which were law and, uh, and economy mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and i enjoyed my studies a lot mm-hmm. yeah and then i took a decision which was probably not in the sense of this education because mm-hmm. i i decided to to see how it is abroad and I, I i went to munich and uh i realized that uh my education has had a no value because i studied at the it, it, it's called Sciences Po Institute d'études politiques mm-hmm. and here it was like oh you did Political science, and at that time it was the studies where people spent quite a lot of time and uh, yeah, without without uh, a good uh, uh, necessary result, mm-hmm. which is completely mad to have this uh, this vision of, of yeah. the studies. But anyway, that was and and then I, I worked in in uh, in a strategic consulting, and they were like, well, what are you doing? But it was okay. And then I I decided because I I decided to stay in Germany and I realized I need uh, a a diploma here and Mm -hmm. I wanted to do my PhD in law. And then they told me, well... No, there is no way of you having uh, doing a PhD in law. Okay. You are were at the Institute of Political Science. So if you want to have a PhD then do it in political science. I said, "Well, but you know, I have no idea." Oh. So, "Well, it doesn't matter. You will do your PhD in uh, in political science." So that's what I did with the, with the two minors in mm-hmm. law and economics and then I got a, a job at the university and I was teaching law. But I was not allowed to do my PhD in so, you know? so that's completely crazy. So at that time, you know, it was the this double diploma and all this that that was completely mm-hmm. inexistent. That there was no possibility of having um having a diploma um accepted in another country. So yes, I would do everything differently now because there are so many more options and then mm-hmm. you can get information online and you can realize what are the great uh, opportunities in mm-hmm. all over the world. I, I did what I could at that time and I was uh, in the second year of Erasmus. I was in Florence and I, I did uh, uh, my, um, my internship in Germany at that time. It was mm-hmm. incredible. Most of the, most, most of my Co-students were all in France and I did all I could at that time. But it, when I see what my, what my, my children can do now, I am a bit envious. And I think it still makes sense to study, even mm-hmm. though, of course, you can start by programming and coding and doing and setting your business. But I think it's, it's a good time to, to get more maturity, to, mm-hmm. to learn things and you should Use this time the best way you can. So to mm-hmm. go as much as you can abroad, to do as many internships as you can. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And in the US, the question is a bit different. I mean, we are very lucky to have, uh, to have education for free. It's very different if you have to invest quite a lot and start in the, in, sure. in your, in your business life with a huge, which, which you loan. Yeah. But, um, if, if you don't, I think it's, it's the way is okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have also the stories from my dad who studied in, in Freiburg um, during these protests, these student uh, protests. He was there at the university. And um, what I missed, because I was also doing a classic economics bachelor Um and it was not possible to go into other subjects, topics. So I had no freedom because you needed to be ready after these three years. You needed to have all your exams to be done. And I would really love to... um look into other fields like uh, psychology and um, how people interact with each other or philosophy and these kinds of things and this was just not possible so i would also do it differently now than like for century ago yeah
1: yeah but you know at the end it it doesn't really matter what you have studied uh, the, the most important thing is that you you have trained your your brain to how to, open, assess yeah, how to assess things, mm-hmm. how to be open for new things and then you realize uh um different things. I would never have mm-hmm. thought I would I would end some somehow in finance, you know? But yeah. because I was <laughs> I was very immature and I had no idea that you need really need this financing topic to really move things. Mm-hmm. T- it was very far away from 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 my thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I do this because I really am really convinced that you need to allocate the, the the money the right way to to make the changes that are necessary, and but that was a long
0: process of maturing my brain, you know. Sure, so. yeah. <laughs> so thank you for for that uh, very inspiring answer as well. And the last category is maybe now the fun, the, the most uh, fun as well in the end. So we, of course, want to get a question from you for the next guest. So what do you want to know from the next guest? And of course, you will also not know who it will be. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I'm a bit biased on this one and that's why, uh. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like, I like to, to ask the next guest if, uh, he or she wishes, um, a permanent special price on sustainable finance. Mm-hmm. I think it would give more visibility to the, to the topic. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you could also argument, argue, uh, that, uh, Sustainable finance should be, finance should, should be sustainable all over and okay. that it should mm-hmm. become the next normal. So, do we need a price, a special
0: price for sustainable finance or not? Okay. Thank you for that question. And, um, of course, Michael is also one of our listeners. So <laughs> it's also in his power, maybe. Um, so yeah, thank you, Isabel, for being here today. It was. A pleasure to have a perspective on sustainability and the jury work from your view. I hope you like the discussion as well. Yeah,
1: you're very welcome. I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, let's uh, have fun in
0: the jury session. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today to this episode of the FinTech Germany Award Jewelry Podcast enabled by Financial Times. All further information can be found in the show notes.